so as long as you're connecting via... If they're not using SCADA or... Uh, we haven't tracked anyone who's not using Skater or DCS. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when you're in, like maybe up further upstream, like if, yeah. you know, if especially in the upstream, if there's no if there's no actuated valves and if there's no sensors, right, we have no application. Okay. And we just you, yeah, we filter you need those to... out. Okay. Like we know that they're not our customers. Wow. <laughs> but how do you know that? Just from chatting people. You can or ask just... them. You could ask them. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm looking here at your, I'm looking here at your, your laptop or your, your MacBook, and you got TechStars. Were you part of the TechStars yep. uh, cohort somewhere? Yeah, we did a TechStars cohort in Oslo, Norway. You went to Oslo. Yeah. Nice. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the oil and gas center of, well, for me, because I literally had it. I worked for a small little local, and I was in Oslo a lot. So mm-hmm. how how long was that that process? Oh, uh, that was 13 weeks. Right. So yeah, that was uh, you know we had to move there. You had to live there. So that really? was pretty intense. Yeah, it wasn't just not up a, to Stavanger, which is the. Uh, I lived in Oslo. I've yeah, been to Stavanger many yeah, times, but yeah. yeah, lived in Oslo. Um, yeah, fan, fantastic experience. Like, um, you know, for I guess the startup listeners that are here. Um, for the benefit of the two other listeners that are non uh, oil and gas. Not oil and gas. Yeah, for startup listeners or for folks trying to you know find something new because yeah. oil and gas isn't isn't working out these days. Um, you know, a program like Texters is fantastic when you're, Roger and I were a couple of engineers, right? right. Um, yeah, I thought that I knew what sales and like commercial activity so that, was. So what, that was what it was all about? Just taking your idea and going to the next level with Turning it? Turning it into a business. Okay. Yeah. So how did you, I'm fascinated, so how did you apply and what was that whole process? Yeah, so that process was interesting. Um, our lawyer had actually referred us to Techstar, both Techstars and Y Combinator. Those are the two biggest yeah. accelerators globally. Um, we interviewed with both. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what they were. Was so. it face-to-face uh, interview? Uh, the first interviews were phone. Yeah. Um, so with like with Wycombe, it was kind of funny. Like I didn't know what either of those things were. Like apparently in in the start. That was world, more tech. It, it, very for tech. me, it's just very tech focused. But very you have you've got a tech bent here, like a real tech bent. We are, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, inter- interviewing with uh, with my combinator, my, they they expect everyone to move to. San Francisco, uh, San Francisco or Silicon Valley, yeah. Yeah, and so my challenge for them was like, well, why would I do that? There's no oil and gas customers here, and the goal is to get customers. San Francisco, Chevron's in San Francisco. Chevron's in San Francisco? Okay, I will find them. <laughs> they used time. to be. I don't know if they are. Chevron was, but that was long in my past life. I, I will find them next time I'm there. So, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so that was my challenge to them. So then we started talking with Techstars. At the time, Techstars was the same. They were like, hey, you know, we talked to the guys over at Y Combinator. Like, I, this is great, but I don't know if we have anything for you. And then they emailed me a week later, like, hey, we've got an announcement coming out. You know, just for tight. Norway. They're okay. like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're the whole tight. And then I got an email saying that the Norway accelerator was um, Techstars Energy, yeah. so more energy focused. And wow. then, um, and yeah, so we, I called the managing director like the first day the program was announced. And so because of that, I obviously created a lasting impression. That, but so, uh, so it was like Statoil guys, reps, I mean, guys and girls up there? or uh, Yeah, so it's like it's in partnership with Equinor, or formerly Statoil. So we sat in their office for three months. Oh, Equinor, just as a quick side, mm-hmm. Abiant, one of their main uh, investors was Equinor. Yeah, okay. totally. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so we went. I didn't realize you're from Norway, but. Oh, wow. yeah, Equinor's Norway. Yeah, when I say Equinor, some people are like Ecuador. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> not, yeah. not Ecuador. That's down south, yeah. Yeah, up in the frozen north. Um, wow. Yeah, so going into that was really cool. Uh, it was exhausting, absolutely yeah. exhausting. But from a from a commercial standpoint and like a funding standpoint, 
there's no way we could have done what we've done without that experience. So they brought together the, the, the oil and gas mm-hmm. and the tech. They, you must, and they said, this is how you, you're going to go to market. Is that kind of basically? Not how they said. They said, here's some oil and gas and here's some commercial stuff and yeah. learn everything you can and you figure out how to go to market. Nice, nice. <laughs> so it's real hands-on. You yeah. came out of there. Did you have to do like a presentation at the end of it? Mm-hmm. Where you, you present to potential investors? or were... Yeah, like at the time we weren't really... Again, Shark tanky like thing. It was not really like, and I think that that's where Calgary gets it maybe not 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 quite right sometimes. Is yeah. It's not a competition. We all need to win. Yeah. So it's Shark nice. Tanky doesn't work. <laughs> no, they're, they're mean. As far yeah. as I can tell, they can tell they're mean. But the startup Calgary has the, the cohorts. And those are great. Yeah. Like the, oh, I recommend that to everyone. That right. wasn't here when. When I like oh, really? we started, no, that like because we only started Crux. We started oh, pl- Crux platform with, Calgary. Sorry, I'm not. I get it confused. So, yeah, platform, and they have what is it? Um, Junction Thirty One. Yes, is their program? Yeah, that started just after um, you know we got accepted into TechStars. Right. Otherwise, I absolutely a thousand percent would have done that. Sit here. Um, you know, and I think that some people too, like, for the startup listeners, um, you know, think they might be too far ahead for a program like that, but you're not. So if you've never started a business before, you go. (laughs) You mentioned one of the things you first said is the marketing side. It's like, really, yeah, you're an engineer. Mm -hmm. You worked for a pipeline monitoring George Homer Simpson type of business. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you weren't out doing it. There's always a department for that. Yeah, there's a department for that. And even in that department, even if you'd worked in that in oil and gas, you never sold software. You've never had to, like pedal software. <laughs> yeah, pedal your wares. Wares, your wares. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so um so that's just such a different skill set and even like when we were looking at hiring folks in Calgary it was that's a skill set that uh, I think Calgary can really grow on. You mean hiring sales. or the pe- <laughs> software sales. Like people learning how to sell software. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's basically cuz if people can't see it, you got to explain it. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have the person like you yep. that that was sitting in that control room or similar who could understand it. Otherwise, you're just selling something to the what is it called? The word preaching to uh, the convert. It, that's preaching to convert it, but otherwise you're just really don't. It, you're just going nowhere. Yeah. So, I mean, what is your, an example of something where you came back and said this is this was helped, and now we're using it here? I mean, could you have an example? The selling side. The selling What'd side. What did you do? Uh, so, so for me, it was learning. Like, I didn't even know what a sales pipeline was. Like, I had no idea what a sales funnel looked like. You know what I, a pipeline is? You just. I didn't know what a sales the word sales in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, but, but I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, so. Like, you know, coming out of that program um, was really interesting because, like, I, we had investors approach us. And they're like, hey, I want to see your sales your sales funnel. And I was like, what's a sales funnel? <laughs> but because well, it's just like an octagonal or a cylinder, and you kind of pour water in it. and it, Yeah, yeah no, and no. sales come at the bottom. Yeah. So, so yeah, so learning It's not that. incredible, but they, it's almost insensitive. They're going, like, I'm, I'm an engineer. You know, I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. I've got this cool thing, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get it to the market. Yeah. That's bloody what it was, right? Yeah, that's exactly. And so, and then it's, you know, I think what, and, and people would say it to me, they're like, oh, you need like the commercial wrapping. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I have commercial wrapping, but I didn't understand what that was, right? So <laughs> Christmas is coming soon. Christmas is coming. We can yeah. put a nice bow on it. I can put a bow on it and that'll make sense. <laughs> and it's still hard for me to articulate what all of that means. And so I understand why I didn't understand it. Because yeah. it's like, it's just, it's such a different world when you're a technical engineer. And yeah, it's to, to make that kind of transition and understand that broader but you're, so let's go to your partner because he's he's written papers. Mm-hmm. He's kind of out there and get, creating awareness. That awareness is a brand which attracted you to the, the tech or mm-hmm. bring the two together. I mean, surely he understood that. And I don't mean it in no. a negative. 
Right. No, but he understood that there was something out there to get how to get this. That's a selling yeah. aspect. Yeah, he definitely he understood that there was something there, and then yeah, so like Roger's like a PhD type guy, like yeah. just so super smart, and so he had been doing like something similar, just but as consulting. But he wasn't selling books, going on a book tour. No, he's like... selling consulting, and I think that's you know engineers are really good at selling consulting. Yeah. Um, you know, know how to solve solve really hard problems, really good at that. But then where it was where he and I had to figure out what to do was to turn that and package that into a saleable product. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, oh, but this, this is a product. It's like, well, no, it's not because it has to have all these weird attributes like a marketing package and it has to have like... SDK, <laughs> software, is a development, software development kit. That's a, a common word that I yeah. see a lot out there. Yeah. And it's so, so, yeah, you have to have all these other things like, you know, you have to have channels that you're marketing to and you, <laughs> oh, you have to gosh. have material that you bring them to. Sure. And you have the cadence of how you run these meetings. Oh, my you have to gosh. Be tracking how you're, and it's just things that you don't even you don't know exist okay so step fast forward now what's key to OCM crux crux OC, what does OCM stand for just forget. operations control management okay so that's your software yes crux OCM and you're out there what's important for the next I guess two three years for crux OCM what do you think is the key yeah. things so we've just done a, a good amount of hiring um, so we did we closed around a venture capital so we're we are venture capital backed um, I think that that's going a Canadian one, actually, U.S. or combination? Can you say or? I can't say because we're about to. We're actually about to do an announcement. Um, uh, so we. Are, no, I don't. You don't have to tell the specific. Right? Is it yeah, a combination of Canadian oil so, and gassy or non-oil and gassy? <laughs> very deep enterprise, deep tech. Nice. So uh, Tel Aviv and uh, and Silicon Valley led the round, um, and then some follow-on out of Toronto. Um, a continuous follow-on out of uh, out of Germany as well. Out of Germany, so there's a high tech Grundsfund. I think one of the ones. I don't know if it's the one, no. but I I've, I've come across them in the past yeah. and just in my past life. Wow. Yeah. So then it also quite different for Calgary. Uh, you know, we did talk to a lot of folks in Calgary, but as you said, like you were right away, we have quite a tech spin. Um, so it's you know, and being a tech startup, you, we don't have, um, you know, EBITDA or reoccurring revenue or any of that. So Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. It's an accountant term. Don't use it on me with me. I will get excited. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys get excited. And then <laughs> That's the accountants. EBITDA. What's it? Oh, EBITDA. Yeah. What's, what's your recurring EBITDA or the AIR or the annual recurring revenue and things like and that? And as a startup, you don't have that. don't have that. anything. Zero. You just don't have that. Yeah. And what's so your exit value? What's your exit? What's your exit? We haven't started. How can I exit? Right? I haven't gone through the door into the inn yet. I How can we go out? How can I tell you yeah. what, the, what the side of the door is going to look like? So, so that was, um, yeah. So I think, you know, for us, it was much easier to raise capital from uh, ecosystems that are comfortable with that. And they've seen That's that. That's right. That's and, right. And, you know, Tel Aviv, like Israel, it's startup nation. And then Silicon Valley. Oh, they got everything from agriculture to high tech to healthcare. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. They're, they're in the news a lot. So going forward now, you're, you've, you've built up the, let's, let's, let's summarize here. Mm-hmm. You've built up the sales pipeline. Yes. You've found some, you found some funding, the marketing. What are you using for marketing? I mean. We you got stickers all over your computer here. Stickers. I don't think those go very far, no. unless you put it out the window. No, they're they're lovely. But uh, so we're uh, no, we're um, just starting some marketing soon. This is why when I saw your podcast, I was like, okay, I've heard that this is marketing. I'm going to try it. <laughs> so. Well, ironically, you can, but you know this this podcast will be edited for <laughs> literally. I mean, there's the social media side, and you and I talked a little bit offline. And I was in, literally, in, in, and it's almost the same, the Wilson analogy, if you take Wilson on Castaway Tom Hanks talking mm-hmm. to the ball, mm-hmm. I bet when you went around and you, 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 had the, you had the ball with you, Wilson, what should I say to these people? Because literally, it, if you're not talking the same talk, mm-hmm. what do you mean you don't have a well site uh, thing, board, whatever it is for me, <laughs> yeah. and you had to go elsewhere. So yeah. the Norwegians gave you that. 
Yeah, they definitely helped. Yeah, like it was like when I was in Norway, I went to every single one of their onshore control rooms. So I got to test out like all of our messaging and learn what actually resonates. It's like our messaging from, you know, when I left big corporate to now is completely different. (laughs) Messaging like how? What do you mean in terms of the message? How I speak to people. So like when I talk to control room operators, I can revert. (laughs) And we we get each other and it's fantastic. When I speak to even their bosses, things get different. When I speak to engineers, you're learning different. the lingo of the different people that you do. Yeah, and you Which don't, is a marketing thing as well. And you don't realize how different they are all are. And then, and then when you get up to the C-suite and you get to the VPs, again, it's so different. Yeah. Um, and it definitely took a lot of time and a lot talking to a lot of people before that made any sense. And you don't even realize how much you've learned. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vicky, like, so the, the marketing side, for me, this I'm an accountant and someone says, you know, you're a journalist. You need to be, you know, you need to be act like a journalist but I'm, or, as a podcaster. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not a journalist. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to broadcasting school. I went to accounting school. I went to, you know, article and worked for oil and gas companies. So I learned this from episode one to episode 72. Mm-hmm. Vicky, thank you so much for having, having, uh, having me down here into your studio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, studio. <laughs> yeah. well, it is a studio of sorts. You've got a game, a hockey game right out there. We're going to play. Okay. I'm going to stay here for a few hours and, be, and just become part of your uh, furniture here. Cool. Thank you so much, Vicky. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good afternoon and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and this is episode number 72. And the studio today, the studio is actually the offices of Vicky Knott. Vicky, you t- t- we're in the, is it Gulf Canada Square? We're in Gulf Canada Square in Baker Hughes uh, <laughs> GE Zone Startups. Yeah, so we're in the, like the 10th ten- floor looking out at another building across the street. Not a really good view, Vicky. I got to tell you, I'm disappointed. <laughs> For this podcast, anyway, Vicky Knott is the you're the CEO of Crux OCM. Crux OCM. So, Vicky, tell us a little bit about what got you started and what is Crux OCM. Mm, yeah, so uh, I'm a chemical engineer by background. Um, moved out to Alberta from the East Coast. Wait, you're not from Calgary? No, I'm not from <laughs> Calgary. I don't know if any. There's very few. This people. is the Calgary Business Podcast. You realize that? Yes, yes. So happy to be here now. Been here for nine years. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, so moved out here, uh, started working with a gas distribution company, um, shortly after that moved to uh, oil pipelines company. That was TransCanada before that? Yeah, okay. yeah. so um, so was at uh, you know, this, the large pipeline company for quite some time. Uh, during that time, worked in the control room, uh, trained as a control room operator. And then so just looking at monitoring the pipeline, I said just, but monitoring the pipeline, the activity, what's happening? Yeah, so a control room is, I, I like to equate it to, if you think of uh, pilots in planes have autopilot, they sit right. in the cockpit and they have autopilot. Um, control room operators sit in control rooms and they do not have autopilot. So, so you're literally, it's, if something goes wrong. They're flying the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So spent quite a bit of time there, um, spent quite a bit of time in the field commissioning uh, control systems. So Field being, say, I mean, TransCanada, okay, the pipeline operators <laughs> yeah. who work for, we're not allowed to name it here, um, yeah. but like literally out in wherever Grand Prairie and I'm thinking so uh, there's a pump station about every 50 kilometers um, from here to Texas really yep so you're sitting near the pump station with a control room nope the control room is here in Calgary okay um, and then they operate um, pipeline assets all across North America right and then via pump station so there's a monitoring there's some, the signals are coming from those 50, every 50 kilometers yeah totally. uh, this is where you I'm gonna say cut your teeth mm-hmm. and why you start a crux well this is the crux of the crux 
Yes, it's, I, I, I had love. To play. I, love I had to play in that word. Oh, but I love the name because it's like such good subliminal messaging. You'd be surprised how many times customers use back to us <laughs> when they're trying to explain something. Yeah. So um, this yeah. is the crux of the position, or something. And then they're the like, "Wait a minute! I just said your own company name." <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. So that's a good branding. That's a good branding. But it did. What What was the origin story to Crux OCM? So uh, my co-founder as well. Um, so I had met while I was. So my whole thing was, okay, if I'm going to work as a engineer and yeah. I don't know how to actually operate these assets, how am I a useful engineer to this company? From your background as a chemical yeah, engineer. Yeah, like it's, you know, if you don't actually understand how these assets work, then how do you understand how to make value from them? So, yeah. like, and I, I think people miss that. It sounds so simple and so So this is the crux of it? Like you really wanted to know? Yeah, I really wanted to know. So because I had done that in pulp and paper. I worked as a laborer in pulp and paper. Yeah. So because of that, I was a much more effective engineer. So moving out here is the same idea. Okay, if I'm going to be an engineer, I need to know how to operate this thing. Right. Um, so, you know, so that's that's what led to, to me doing that training. And then I met my co-founder, Roger Shirt. So I'd heard of this guy who's, you know, kind of like, it's almost like lore <laughs> and like pipeline control. <laughs> and so he has his algorithms in thousands of sites across North America. Yeah. He has four papers co-authored with another lovely giant. So you just came across company. his paper or you came across? I've heard his name. I kept yeah. hearing his name and I was like, hey, who is this guy? And so at the same time I was training in the control room and I was like, okay, you know, everyone would take pride in the fact that there wasn't an on button. And I'm like, well, why isn't there an on button? Right? <laughs> I just think, I, li- I literally think of Simpsons and he's got that button. He just pushes the button for the nuclear control plant. Yeah, it's the same. Homer. See, like, you know, it's complex. Like, it's yeah. not. It's there's no on button. It, there's no on button and there's no on button because it is really quite complex. Right. Um, and you have to, to understand that it's, you know, people are creating mental models to be able to execute this. And they have like six to six months to a year of training. Like, it's a very strenuous job like right. to the point that there's even like um, national regulations around how these people how much workload they can have and how many shifts they can work like it's not so it's kind of like a control what comes to mind is an air traffic controller maybe not as stressful but it could be I would say close to really for sure yeah like for so if one of these major assets goes down it takes um, like three hours and you gotta get someone out to that 50 that no, point no, no, they're sitting at the desk and it takes uh, three the, hours. the fifty kilometer one. No, Wait, they're sitting right here in Calgary across right. the street. Right. And it takes them three hours to push all the bus and buttons necessary to get it Shut back it up down. and running, or to get it back up. To get it back up, and it takes eleven hundred buttons to get it back up. <laughs> That's incredible. So, the, but literally, and I'm going to go off topic a little. We're going off script here for the benefit of the listeners. But that, there's that movie on the Chernobyl. Have you seen the, mm-hmm. the thing? And literally, that just amazing. The whole sequencing, but they they were denial. And I don't know if you saw this. I just saw this episode one or two. But they're in denial. There's a problem. What if these guys, who's, is there someone standing over him and saying, Homer, push that button? No, they have a, so everyone has to do a very rigorous training. Right. Like very rigorous. Um, So in order to be qualified to operate these assets, it's six months to a year. Like it's not a week (laughs) training. So because it is really quite, really quite complex. You know, there's procedures and checklists that they have to sign off on. Um, there's back checks. There's like so all of these assets also have uh, safety limits. But there's just one person at the so in this point, he or she is sitting there, and they got all that that year long. Yeah, and two o'clock in the morning, the asset goes down. They've got to bring it back up. That is their job. So, but they don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to. They don't want to cry wolf or whatever. You know, Virginia cried wolf or was it little Peter? I don't can't remember the name of it. But the boy cried wolf. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you get incidences like that? Uh, 
I am not sure. You like obviously yes. Though if anybody Google's pipeline spills, you can find all the human errors associated yeah. with them. There's loads of them. You just have to Google it. But this person, you were in the trenches at two in the morning, mm-hmm. monitoring these these lights and bell, bells and whistles, mm-hmm. and something goes wrong. Well, at least you're not flying at twenty thousand feet or thirty thousand. You're literally right there, and you just you, you check your manual or what do you do? Uh, yeah, folks will get their procedures out. Yeah. Um, based on their training, and they will go through it. Okay. Um, but you know what happens if you're in the bathroom when it shut down? <laughs> so, but you 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 saw there's a problem. I'm going to solve this thing. You read the papers of your co-founder, mm-hmm. and you saw this bringing it together. Mm. So that was one night at two a.m. and you're like, gosh, I really want to do this. Better. I was more during the day because I was just okay. training. But yeah. <laughs> but you want to do this better. Yeah. This monitoring process. So this is the crux of your position. Yeah. Yeah. So our goal is to be the standard autopilot software for control room operators, enabling them to be as safe and efficient as possible right. and maximizing the existing utilization of our assets. So I'm going to put a tech in, and I'm an accountant, but I, I love that tech element. And I noticed something that said ML, mm-hmm. machine learning. Mm-hmm. The machine is going to learn as you go. So the autopilot is that learning because it'll improve. So tell me. Not, I don't want a to... combination of the two. So we do yeah. use a physics fundamental-based approach, and then we enhance it with the ML. F- physics fundamental, meaning it mm-hmm. just, it, actual natural physics. Yeah, actual physics. like Or natural. Yeah. Actual, actual. So one thing that people, Sorry. people love to use, and I'm going to go there. <laughs> you have to go there. I'm going there. So people love... Buzzards. They love ML. They think it's going to solve the world's problems. Right. And that AI is or they're scared. Either or they're they're they scared. love it or they're scared. Yeah. So you put a big ML algorithm on millions of data points on a pipeline, and you're going to get Bernoulli's equation, and that is a physics-based equation. Bernoulli's. Yeah, it's the same thing. Right. So That's for any what... physical process, yeah. you could you machine learn it. Yeah. You learn a physics model. Wow. <laughs> so, so it's iterative, though. The cycle's iterative. The machine only learns what the data, what it's he. Do you call the machine a he or a she, or is it a nit? Well, so, I'm a she, so I prefer to call the machine a she. Okay, so she <laughs> she is going to run. No, but so the data, the, the reams of data, and let's go with the well site data. And I kind of went back. We, we talked a little bit about ambient or mm. ambient. I, I got it or get it when, as soon as I said, I started reading there, the reading Dell, Dell well site information. Mm-hmm. So you plug that into the machine, mm-hmm. and she is going to read that and say, here's the analysis for the for that, yeah. the autopilot. So well, let's we go read to, back and then we control in, okay. in, in pipeline control rooms. So you could have less people. Is that the, is that the goal or uh, what's the goal? The goal is not less people. So again, I go back to the autopilot, uh, the autopilot. Like scenario. the airplane, like you said earlier, yeah, you're, like, they're on auto, you're not. You're not going to get in an airplane without a pilot, but you're also not going to get an airplane without an autopilot. Right. So, so it's like two levels of it's control. Two levels. Yeah. And that's what, so like, okay, maybe, you know, 50 years ago there used to be four pilots in commercial airplanes, now there's only two. Yeah. But that was like 50 years in the making. Except if you watch a movie with, uh, you know, Leonardo da Vinci and he was, he was just faked it. Mm. He faked it. So he's four, he's a fifth pilot. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so now you've, you've got this, you're going to automate that process, mm-hmm. but you still want her or him to be the back, behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Homer's still there. Yeah, and then and then performing higher level functions. So yeah. you know, interfacing better with the oil scheduling and having more time to do that to determine what is the most optimal um, direction that these batches should be going to generate the most revenue for companies. Right. Rather yeah. than them just sitting there pushing buttons. Batches of what? Like uh, information. Oil. oil. No, no, but, so, but but how does it, so that the process of the mm-hmm. pipeline process, that's just going to happen. If there's mm-hmm. a if there's a hiccup. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the control bells and whistles go off in that 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's where the money could be lost. That's that... where the money could be lost. And also, too, there's like a lot of these uh, pipeline networks are networks, right? Like they're not just straight lines. 
So you have like you'll be taking volumes from certain areas the of the system, volume. yeah, and then trying to deliver them to other areas. And if you're really busy just executing pushing the buttons, yeah, then it's really hard for you to be doing the best job you can interfacing the data, and, looking where with the yeah, problem and points and and like and and wow. acting like um was it like you know anticipating what needs to happen if you're yeah. so busy just pushing buttons how can you anticipate how to optimize that system um so it's, it's enabling people in control rooms to operate you know at, at a higher level function which right. is what humans are really good at <laughs> what's incredible to think that the years of data and i think i, I go back as my days of an auditor mm-hmm. him and pipelines was one of my clients and literally all we did as an auditor was mm-hmm. look at the anomalies and, and their billings their monthly billings but that data is, is how, do you capture do you go back how far back can you go um so we don't have to go that far back because we're using fundamental physics combined with machine learning it's not we, you, we, you can model most of it um, and then but nice. then we connect in via a standard OPC connections to their existing SCADA system so now you're getting an OPC yep I can't actually remember what that means, but uh, but it's just a standard communication protocol okay. in uh, for for software and for SCADA systems. SCADA is supervisory control yeah, and data acquisition. Yeah, so we connect to that because you can pull data. So the the beauty of today, and I'm just this is what I've learned the last couple of years is mm-hmm. the data or the API mm-hmm. that's reading data from legacy systems. And literally, someone mentioned Wang system the other day. I'm like Wang, mm-hmm. like that that was the legacy system in the oil and gas sector for the longest time. Wang and probably just pretty much wang but and that so that well site data all that data you're pulling it from your system is it yeah. they're reading each other today instead of having this complicated complex systems of coders that kind of come in and look at the data yes. or to pull the data yeah so like the data you set up via the opc connections it's immediately pulling the data from the SCADA system right. processing it through our algorithms and then executing actions back out to that SCADA system on behalf of the control room operator nice okay mm-hmm. so to put it simple, mm. clients get it. Yeah. <laughs> clients get it from the, the let's just say TransCanada, the Pembina, the Manix, whoever the, yeah. I mean, I'm just going, I'm name dropping here because this is my years way back as sure. an auditor. But literally the oil and gas field is is moved into, and I, I was at a, a, I mean, does blockchain come into play here? Or do you, because you're really just focused on pipelines, but it seems to me there's much more, the scalability of this mm-hmm. could go. Yeah, so we have um, interaction with, um, like currently gas plants, LNG plants, and right. uh, oil fields and gathering systems as well. Right, because yeah, so the, there's a gathering system, and there's a pro, there's, then it goes off to, I guess, the gas plant, and mm-hmm. it's processed. LNG would be into the pipe or into ship. An LNG plant. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking yeah. of the truck that, you know, because now it's liquid. Yeah. So those, there's there's points of information or distribution, but not necessarily, but there's a, it's a is it the, I'm just really the monitoring or what gives you the data? Um, so it'll be the sensors in the field. Yeah. Um, sensors, so, that's the word I mean. Yeah, it's the sensors. So, uh, you know, an actuated valves, uh, so telemetered sensors, actuated valves, using that combination, that's how a control room operator currently cooper- operates those assets. Yeah. So what we're doing is enabling, um, you know, we're modeling and creating, we're creating them yeah. just in a simpler way. But don't they have their own systems? This is where it gets into the play. They've got something. Mm-hmm. Is it improving their system? Is just taking what they have and pulling it? Yeah, we pull from the existing systems. We're an overlay. Yeah. Um, so we overlay onto the SCADA system, and we're using all of the inputs and outputs that the SCADA system currently has, and just processing them. And so and SCAS, SCADA. Uh, I mean, it's really a service. Software is a service. It's a SaaS, mm-hmm. of a, a variant of a SaaS. Mm-hmm. Software is a service for the very special niche, mm-hmm. but then it has wider application. I, I mean, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I go back to my time in Qatar, and there's that whole process. Mm-hmm. Of the when I was t- telling you about the, the sand moves through and the chemicals mix, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. There's obviously sensors as well there. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you, the problem there was all these different systems, Siemens here, they didn't talk to one another. Mm -hmm. And in a bolt-on, there wasn't the, the thing, at least my, the IT people told me, we can't bolt-on and talk to it because they're all proprietary. Mm -hmm. To get across that here with the companies yeah, here. Yeah, SCADA systems are open. 